So, one degree of glory to another. And when we talked about this a number of months ago, that, um, you know, to get from this direction to this direction, there's 180 degrees. And, and you can make a couple tick marks. You can go from this one to this one to this one, and not, you, you, don't, you don't recognize much of a shift when you're going from, from let's say, 8 degrees to 9 degrees. That's almost unrecognizable. Uh, but when you, um, <clears throat> degrees of change become visible when you put either, and this is the way, two, God changes people's lives in two different ways sometimes. You may meet somebody that they woke up today going this direction and living life in this way. Somebody shares <coughs> the good news of Jesus with them and they have this radical transformation almost overnight. And they'll tell you, it's like I went from this to this in one day. And so I went from here to here, and I can tell you about all the degrees of change that I've experienced in 24 hours just because I met Jesus. You have those stories. You have those radical transformations. But for a lot of us, transformation in Jesus comes one degree at a time, and it's almost unrecognizable in the moment. But it becomes recognizable when you put multiple degree after degree after degree together and then maybe at a time like this you pause and you reflect and you're like, wow, look how far we've come. Look how far we've come. You can go back and you're like, 12 months ago I was back here. But as I behold the glory of the Lord one day at a time, one degree at a time, He has changed He's changed my heart. He's changed my thoughts. He's changed my faith. He's changed my thinking. He's changed my speech. He's changed my decision making. He's changed this. He's changed that. He's changed that. And, and day to day, it can be unrecognizable at times. But when you go and you look at a season, you're like, wow. Look at all the degrees of change that have been experienced over this last season. So either that change can be recognized as it's experienced all in one big lump sum, but for many, if not most of us, it's one degree of glory after another. And we got to go back and we have to look and we have to group a season together and say, wow, I'm not who I was before. It was re unrecognizable day to day, but season to season, you can be amazed at the transformation that God's doing. So think of all that happens in a year. I got to thinking about, think of all that has happened in 2019. Right? Not just for you and this degree of transformation. Think about what can happen in a year. In the calendar year of 2019, Notre Dame Cathedral burned. Don't remember that? Like, oh, forgot about that one. Um, USA Ladies won the World Cup. And then that followed the whole equal pay conversation. Remember that going on this year? Uh, Y'all remember the 10-year challenge that happened this year on social media? Every year there's a different one, but you go back to 2019, you're like, whoa, I forgot about that. Forgot about that. I was trying to think of any other ones that happened in 2019. Apparently that was the only one that happened. Thank goodness the ice bucket challenge went away. That was another year. Uh, in the year 2019, Area 51 craze. Don't remember that one? Like, I don't know. I don't know. But you do have Facebook. You're on there. You 
You didn't see all those millennials rushing Area 51? Popeyes entered a new chicken sandwich. They introduced a chicken sandwich, 2019. Big milestone for some people. I still hadn't had one. And our president was impeached. The third president in history to be impeached. So a lot can happen in 2019. Some of it significant, some of it insignificant. But when you lump it together, you're like, wow. You almost forget about things that go on a season until you stop and you reflect. And you're like, wow, look at all that's taking place in the last 12 months. A year can make a big difference, and I think we should make it a point to see how far we've come, both as individuals and as a church. As individuals in a church, I think it's healthy for us to look back over a season and say, wow, look at the last year. Look at the last year. Look what God has done. Look at, look at the change that has happened. Look where we were and look where we are, right? Um, so i got one question for you. We're going to shift gears this morning. What could be the value of looking back to review 2019 in this way? What, could be, what, could, what value could be gained by going through this process? celebration in recalling these things. Uh, I think we need to celebrate what God's doing in us as individuals and in us as a church. And celebration is a good thing, a good response for um, what we recognize over last year. Uh, if we don't celebrate those things, I think, who, who in the room is uh, cup half empty? Who is a cup half full? Right? Who's the empty guys? Who's the empty people? You're like, ah, oh, it's half empty. Oh no. Derek, Derek and Jessica. Right? Who's the half? Is that a? I'm usually on a half empty. She's the empty, empty side. Sam. I'm more worried about what's in the cup. Than <laughs> Sam. Sam just derails any conversation. <laughs> Mark's a half-full guy. Who else follows Mark? Mark's like, oh, this is great. It's good. Right? Even when there's a bad thing, Mark has a way of saying, it's not that bad. Maybe it's all right. You know? um, but I think there's value in looking back over the year and celebrating what's worthy of celebration. Right? Because a lot of us tend towards 
well, this hasn't happened, this hasn't happened, this hasn't happened. And, and what happens when you weigh on all the negative things is you become negative, you become bound by those negative things, you don't recognize the God things that are happening, and you can only identify the negative things. And when you only identify the negative things, you identify as the negative things. You find your identity in that. But he's transforming our identity to becoming an identity of Christ. And if we don't recognize the transformation one degree at a time, and we don't celebrate those things, then we are going to stifle our transformation process as individuals and as a church. If you wake up and say, man, I'm still fighting against this mentality, still fighting against this habit, still fighting against this logic, still fighting against this. Say, well, what are you not fighting that you were last year, though? Can we celebrate the victories? Can we celebrate the changes? Can we celebrate the shift in your heart? You're always going to fight something. Until you die, you're completely transformed in the image of Christ. But as long as we live here, we're going to have to wrestle against flesh and blood. Okay? But as we recognize and celebrate these things, I think there's power in it. So, think of the next few weeks as a slingshot. Alright. Slingshot. In order to shoot the stone forward, what do you have to do? Yeah, hold that. So over the next few weeks, we're going to go backwards, not for the purpose of reliving 2019 and staying there, but we're going to pull it back for the purpose of projecting ourselves further in 2020. Okay? That's the goal of the month. That's the goal of the next few weeks. As we reflect on 2019 in order to be projected in 2020 uh, more effectively. This morning we have Derek coming uh, to share with us. I've asked Derek to uh, share with us. Do you want the taco? Do you want me to raise the taco? You do want the taco? Okay. <laughs> uh, I've asked Derek to share with us. I, I, here's what I led him with, and then he'll take it whatever direction God leads him. I said, share with us maybe the most significant thing that God has taught you or showed you this year. Just look back on your year. And say, man, this is this. If I had to pick one thing, this is this would be the thing that has had the greatest impact that God has revealed or taught me this year. And I said, share some stories, whatever it is, that helps you communicate what God showed you this year, what you've learned. So, with that, we give you Derek, and the floor is his. Hey, everyone. I'm Derek. <laughs> Oh gosh, bear with me, it's not very prepared, I have some scriptures that I'm going to try to use and go through what I've learned, what God has showed me. Um, so, uh, this year's been a pretty big deal to me, uh, a lot of stuff physically has happened to me, and spiritually. Uh, I guess I'll just I'll start with the physical just because or just the material or whatever. It's like I mean I've got a new job. It's a pretty big deal. It's probably what I'm gonna be. It's definitely what I'm gonna be doing for the rest of my life in some ways, uh, unless God has something else planned in terms of like missional things or anything like that. It's the only, like in, at least in me, it's like that's the only thing I could ever see like changing my course. Um, I just bought a house, which is something pretty big deal so I, that's another in terms of like I guess I'm going to be living in this house for 
a long time. So I don't know. I've made. Some, I've had some stuff happen that, in a way, it's like really uh, kind of shows me the you know the next chunk of my life and the next season of my life is definitely kind of confirmed in me that it, it's probably going to be in this area. Uh, but hasn't been like that. I feel like last year just. One of the biggest things I realized this year is how far from God I was in terms of my mind and my thinking and just the decisions I made. I was, I, I can reflect on decisions I was making and I was consciously, you know, knew I was I was doing the wrong thing. I was, you know, I was not doing God's will. I was looking for my own, doing my own thing. Um, and I'm gonna, I kind of get into that and just like what I've seen, like what was the, the root of that problem, what caused it and everything. And, it was a lot of stuff, and that's sort of you know, what God hasn't been doing anything. Uh, and I'm going to start with this scripture just because it's always been heavy. It's, a, in my opinion, one of the heaviest things Jesus said, and I think, you know, uh, it's important. So uh, it's Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Uh, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, and do many miracles in your name? And I'll announce to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. Um, and that's there's a lot of that that just strikes me as important. For example, I mean, the many will say to me, Lord, Lord, so, you know, it's not, it's not just saying, oh, I believe in Jesus. Oh, Jesus is Lord. It's like that's not ever going to save you. Uh, I mean, it will be the beginnings of it, of course, but it's to do the will of the Father. Um, but even that is... They say, didn't we prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, and do many miracles in your name? It's like you would think somebody that's driving out demons and uh, doing miracles and stuff, it's like they'd be, you'd think they'd be all right, right? Apparently not. Uh, but the biggest thing is, I never knew you. Depart from me, you lawbreakers. Uh, and that's, I feel like, that's where I failed at was I didn't know God. And I didn't really put much effort into knowing him. I've been saved for, you know, coming up on 10 years. And... I've had some ups and downs. I had some beginning. I think in the beginning, I probably was pursuing God a lot more than it's like I just, you know, went complacent on certain things. And I realized just decisions I was making, the thing, the way I was being changed, I was being changed by the world. And I think that that's one of the biggest things I realized. Like I, I, under, I began to understand what it looks like to have a relationship with God and just the applicable like uh, image of that. Because... Um, one of the biggest things that happened was I just basically just I kind of had, had to get to the point of giving up. I just I, I knew I can't I can't do anything in my own strength. I needed God, and it was one of those like, okay, God, well, all right, here I go, here we go. And I just kind of gave up myself. And there's so much about me that's like I didn't want to watch you know like preachers on my off time. I didn't want to spend time like that. You know, I'm like that's not who I am. It's not me. That's them. You know, that's other people. I always hear people talking about. Oh, I watch. You get. Oh, you should listen to this guy. You should do this. You should do that. Oh, I was reading this, and this. This. Uh, I was just like, that's not me. Or even listen to Christian music. I was really against just listening to Christian music. Christian music. Uh, and I just got to the point. I'm like, you know what? I'm sick of that. That person's not getting me anywhere. Uh, and I just, I started to listen to, I, when I was working at the TV station, there's like televangelists that come on. So I was just like, I'm going to watch these televangelists, you know what I mean? I was like, I'm going to just, I'm going to do almost, this isn't right, but the opposite of me, you know, in a sense. It was just like, whatever. And that started, that made a pretty big impact. Just hearing somebody like break it down for me and giving people a chance. That's, man, that's a huge thing I've learned this year is giving people chances, uh, 
not judging people. I'm really, really, really bad about that. So I started doing that, and I started reading. I, that just kind of turned me on to the importance of the Word of God. I started reading the Word of God, uh, and uh, that that just started being my identity. I started being like, well, this is what I do. I would sit, like, I, it, the TV station was pretty slow. You do your work, and then you just sit there. And I would just have my Bible. I would finish my work, and I'd sit there and read my Bible. And I was almost like, I don't care if anybody comes and has a problem with me reading the Bible. It's just like, whatever, okay. So that's something I started doing. And uh, so this kind of leads into this this verse right here, which is what I learned like in the beginning of me like seeking relationship with God. Is Jesus said, "Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful." Uh, this is actually something I kind of a revelation I have I had a little while ago. Is I paired that with uh, Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. Where he's like, oh, if you asked me, I would have given you water that would have, you would never thirst again. So it's, you know, but whoever drinks from the water that I give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I will give him will become a well of water springing up for eternal life. And I felt like I paired those together because it's just like, he doesn't give as the world gives. And I'm just like, okay, well, he, you know, I feel like a lot of times we try to make sense of that. It's just like, oh, he gives like this. He gives like, you know, spiritually or whatever. And I'm just like, well, what does that mean? Like, what's like, the, give me a straight answer of what that means. And uh, and this is what I started realizing was a lot of what he gives is he takes away. It's like it's a washing away of things. It's a, an equipping of things. And the world doesn't do that. The world just gives. The world just says there's a hole, fill the hole. There's a empty space, fill the empty space. It's like that's all it is. It's, it's material. It's addition, simply you know, 100% addition, whereas Jesus takes away so much stuff, and that's what I, I started doing, and that's where I started like growing and finding power in God. Is that I had so much stuff in my life. I did a lot of like, Twitter, got on Twitter a lot, and I watched a lot of YouTube videos, and I realized how much like that was poisoning my mind. It was literally like changing my thinking. Like I had really hopeless thoughts because of this, and I really identified with those people. Same goes with the music. You know, I listened to music that I identified as this like uh, just uh, defeat and all that. Um, or just bitterness towards the world and bitterness towards people and, you know, how much I deserved or whatever. You know, it's just like that's what so much of the world's pumping out at you. But, you know, when you replace that with the Bible and, you know, Christian music and stuff where, like, there's this one song I listen to a lot. It's, a, uh, it's like you, I can't, I'm so bad with names of songs, but it's like I'm who you say I am. And just stuff like that started opening up to me just how much, like, Christian music is, like, affirming to yourself, like, who you are in, in, uh, in God's eyes. And that's, like, kind of where, this is where it starts happening. You know, it's like, I realize how much I need to know what God thinks about me. I need to know what God thinks about things in the world. And, and there's just, there's so much to that. And that's where reading the Word comes into play and being cleansed of the world. And, like, I, this is a verse that's really important to me is... Uh, Romans 12, the beginning of Romans 12, is therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of God's, in the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Um, so that, it's like I really got to see it in a way. I saw how I was not doing, I was not being renewed. I was conforming to the, this age very much so. I wasn't being transformed by the renewing of mind, renewing of my mind by the word. I mean, the word is, you know, that's what Jesus said, cleanses you is the word I've spoken to you. 
So when I started doing that, it's like, it's just everything gets clear, you know? I can discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. And that, that's the most important thing is it's the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. I was always afraid of the will of God because I'm afraid of what he's going to take away from me. I'm afraid of what in the world I'm pursuing that, you know, I want. But it's it's not perfect. It's not good. It's not pleasing. You know, it's none of those good things. Um, and there's so much faith in that. There's faith that you gotta you got to kind of do that and give up. And But it's it's so good. Um and I've just seen how it is in my life. My, my, my priorities are different. When I come home, it's not so much just like, I don't know, I just would just watch like YouTube videos that were just so like poisonous, really. Like the people that I, I would like identified with are really insanely poisonous people. Kind of blows my mind, you know, talk about the taco. It's like when I look back at like a year ago, like the, the kind of stuff uh, I was, yeah, like identifying with and conforming to is just like, oh my gosh, you know. Or even the music that I was so okay with. Like, there's a band like Lemuria. We listen to Lemuria. We went and seen them like a million times. I'm friends with the drummer, you know, whatever. Uh, but uh, um, it, even their music it was just like so hopeless and just like wrong and stuff like that. And not even like that. I'm like, oh, you gotta cut all this out. But I've just, I've, God has changed me in the way that I'm like, I don't want that anymore. And that goes back to what He gives is like what He takes away from you. It's like, you know, it's not like, it's not this asceticism where you like. I gotta be like this. I can't do that. That's wrong. I shouldn't cuss. You know, I shouldn't. It's just like, it's, he takes it from me where you're like, I don't wanna do that. I don't want that to be, that's not who I am. And it's the relationship with God because God's a person. And when you start to get to know him, you don't wanna do the things that upsets him. You know, it's like you have a friend, you don't, if you find out that they hate this or they hate that, it's like you don't, you don't do that. Or you, you know, as much as you're friends with them, you, sh- you would begin to hate the same thing for whatever reason, if it's logically, you know, which God is logical I suppose um, so yeah it's like that, that's something I started learning and just spending my time instead of because so often I was seeking I mean so much of the things I was seeking was to fill you know with, with relationships or just whatever it might be it's like I was literally like just instead of pursuing God I would pursue these other things and it's like I, I acknowledge that in myself and I chose to spend my time getting to know God um one of the things I did, and this isn't to brag or anything like this, and and in some ways it's, uh, there's probably a lot of uh, preface I would give before like telling anybody to do this, but I read the entire Bible because I felt like I need to know God. I, like, I need to know what God does, like who God is, and because that, that's so important, and that's what the Bible is, and the stories of the Old Testament and the philosophies of the New Testament and stuff like that, and just to become familiar with it, you know, it's like think about how much stuff you're familiar with. Uh, I mean, you know, that's the same. It goes with a relationship at all. It's like how familiar you are with somebody. It's like the things you know about them. It's like that's how you get to know someone is you learn who they are and the kind of the decisions they make. So you you can discern who they are and who they aren't. Like if someone like says something about someone, you can go, well, that's not them because they don't do that. It's, you must be thinking of somebody else. They don't. Do, and it's like it's like it's so important to know God in that way. And to know the truths are amazing. It's like they He has amazing truths for us. It's like the Bible is long and boring or whatever. There's so much to it that it's like you can define your life by and it's it's so much more than the world. The world expects so much from you and the, God just loves you for just because you are who he made you, you know, who you, he made you to be. And there's so much more that you can be that he knows and he wants you to be. And the world just wants you to to meet a standard, to to jump over hurdles, to do certain things. And God loves you regardless, no matter what you do. But he's got so much for you, you know, and that goes into the, like the, this is a really good one. This is you know, like Josh's business, the uh, exceeding 
Uh, I get the one? Now to him who is able and to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. I should have got the one that, what's the translation? This is exceedingly more. Probably the NIV. Yeah. Oh, sorry about that. I should have got <laughs> Dang it. But uh, anyway, that, that's a big one that people, people like to quote that a lot because it's he can do, able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think. But it's according to the power that works within us. And it's just like, man, that's what he's offering us. He's, he's, as, he's offering to work within us, but we have to like let him in. But too much, too often, and you know, like, as for me, earlier this year, it's like I was just letting in so much junk and not letting him in. It was, I, I put priority over useless things. Um, and yeah, and I've seen it. I feel like I've seen it. Not that I've done anything to, to get these things, but man, it's like, I'm so blessed this year. It, like, you know, to, to get this job, I worked with my brother. I've been to the Bahamas. Um, I, my job is so easy. It's, yeah, I get, I've got paid, like I doubled it's just like, you know, it's like miraculous stuff. Um, I don't hate going to work, and that's such a huge blessing. And uh, and then now I have a house, and it's like I'm, I'm like, taking these steps, and it's like, you know, I always remembered uh, how uh, like Andrew stressed out so much about having a house, and I'm like, man, I have a house, you know. It's like, and it's, it's, it's kind of makes me feel guilty, but it's just like, man, like God loves everyone, and God has so much... You know, it's almost like Christmas. Like at Christmas, I would get gifts, and really, it probably wasn't that much stuff I got, but I would almost feel guilty. I'm like, man, man, I'm just like getting so much. It's, you know, and it's like, that's who God is. Like, God is a, a parent to us, and I don't know, there's just, it's a whole lot. Uh, kind of running, running out of stuff here, but uh, this is, for example, so I put this in here. Uh, um, just because this is like a, an aspect of knowing God and reading his word and find out who he is and like listen to preachers and teachers and just, just letting him work in you is you see stuff like, and this isn't Lamentations, this isn't Lamentations, it's like, oh, I accidentally opened Lamentations, let me, let me go to something good. But uh, I was just like, I did that one. It's not that that's a good thing to just open the Bible and read, but it's like, I did that and I was like, I'm going to read Lamentations again. Uh, and this is 3.33, it says, For he does not enjoy bringing affliction or suffering on mankind. And a lot of people, I don't think, would believe that about God, but it's right there, you know what I mean? It's like he doesn't enjoy it. Uh, and so much of our afflictions and suffering is, you know, producing endurance and stuff. And it's, he's teaching us stuff. He's, and you have to open up to that. You have to accept it. You can't harden your heart to what he's teaching you. It's, it's so much giving up, and it's hard, and... But it's it's we're so much luckier than a non-believer. It's like a non-believer that gets everything is not getting the discipline and preparation for the good and perfect and pleasing things. You know, it's like they're just they're what, gathering things to give to the righteous. Um, and then there's another one, uh, Isaiah seven. I mean, Isaiah's good. It's, it's got a lot of good stuff in it. But uh, seven nine, the end of it is if you're not firm in faith, you won't be firm at all. There's just so much in the Word that's just like, you can live by that right there. Uh, let me see. what else. Okay. So, God's done a lot for me. There's, of course, I could look at the cup half empty, you know, or half full or whatever. I, you know, that's our decision. That's a whole lot of it comes down to is, but, you know, I see God working in me, and I see, I've found the path, you know what I mean? And I, I was losing it. I was losing it so bad at one point, and like I'm, that's honestly like the most the thing I'm most grateful for is God rescuing me from myself, from 
my mindset, um, and there's still a lot to do. I mean, I, I hear my own thoughts. Nobody else does, so I know how far I am from who I could be, but I had to start, and and that begins with knowing God. That begins with pursuing the knowledge of Him, you know, the truth. Uh, uh, this is reminds me of this. This is why I have this in here. So I'm going to read this. Uh, I'm not sure where this is at. It's one of the Gospels. Uh, then Jesus said to the Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you, set you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say we will be made free? Jesus answered them, But most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but the son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. It goes back to that song I was talking about earlier. That's, one of the, that's like the chorus. Uh, who the son makes free is free indeed. But one of the biggest things here is the guys that don't believe can't hand, they, they don't like him saying that they were slaves. He says, oh, we could be made free. And they go, well, I'm not a slave to anyone. We're, we're freed men, you know. And that's so much what God revealed to me. And, and like the beginning of my journey was acknowledging my bondage to sin and abiding in his word. And that's, that's how you get set free. So, now that he's up here and has shared this year, because I can remember um, those of you that were with us when we were at the station, very clearly remember one morning where Derek finally just kind of opened up and shared what was in your heart and in your mind that morning. And it's 180 degrees from what you shared this morning. So mm-hmm. to see that transformation take place is profound, um, just to be an observer of it. Um, so I want to open up. Is there anything that you heard that you want to respond with a question uh, or a comment or anything like that? And just poke it there and see what comes out just as a reflection on his ear, right? Anything you heard spark a thought or a question? Well, this isn't a poke, but Mm -hmm. um, I hope you know how encouraging it is Mm -hmm. to see your glass half full and Mm -hmm. the way you got so excited counting your blessings. Mm -hmm. It's just very encouraging to all of us with our glass is half full or half empty. So I appreciate that. Thanks. Questions, comments? Spark something you want to share out of your own process? You thinking, Joe? Are you just staring me down waiting on (laughs) You can definitely tell a big trend, though. When I first met Derek at the Mm -hmm. station, Whatever it's been a year and a half ago, I guess. Compared to now, I mean, there's just a different. He smiles a lot more, he's not happier. He's moving. Yeah. I don't. Know. So it's definitely a good trend. Hope it continues for you. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely good. I can remember my season of life that mirrored the season you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, we lived on Conway Street, right over here, and um, it, it seemed. A lot of us that go through what you're going through, I feel like a lot of the same pieces are in place. And I, we lived there, and it was just me and Shelly at that point. I was 26 years old, 27 years old, and, and I had the pieces of the Bible that I've been taught, but it was the first time that I sat down. My motivation was different. I was a teacher in a youth group, and I was responsible for communicating to students 
the Word of God, and I didn't know it, and I was just like, if I'm going to teach it, I want to know it. So I went through the same journey you went through this year. I sat down, I went from Genesis to Revelation, I read every word, and in that journey, God just stirred so much in my life and turned so much over and, and it's almost you can see the needle moving mm-hmm. in seasons mm-hmm. like that you're just yeah. it's not like well i wonder if i've changed it's like holy cow yeah. like that's like that's something big too i wanted to mention uh was before that it's like you know i just thought you know just, okay maybe i am changing hopefully i'm changing but yeah then like especially earlier this year there's some parts where it was just like Wow, I think this now, or I completely believe this. And you know, it's not just like I'm gonna try to believe this. It's I completely feel this way. Or there's certain things I look back at and just like, oh my gosh, like I'm never gonna be that person again. Like just to get, I guess you know, like personal thing about me is last year I was drinking a lot, and it's like embarrassing how much I was. Like, like our uh, like uh, Thanksgiving, I got like super sick, and and I was just like looking back, and and sometimes I feel like God is telling me is. I'm like the spiritual head of my family because I'm the only one that prays. That you know, like I do the prayer now. I've taken over the family prayer because like nobody else is really. I don't know. I was just the first person to go to, and I just look back at thinking like, wow, I was like super drunk on Thanksgiving, probably. You know, and I prayed the the day before, and just my mindset on that stuff I was like, it's fine, it's whatever it is. Oh, I messed up, whatever. Uh, you know, I had that mentality, or just like hanging out with people and just getting to that point now. It's like, and it's not that I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm getting over it or what. It's just like, I don't want to anymore. It's like, I, when I, I mean, I'm not drink at all. It's like, I have like a beer every once in a while, but it's, it's like, that's a, it's like, I don't care. It's like, what is the point of this? It's like, it's pointless. It's, and especially as being a child of God, it's like, that's, you know, no way to, like, that doesn't represent that, you know, uh, like royalty, you know, in a sense. And like, I just, to see myself as that is more important than to try to have fun or do whatever I want. Or it's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so interestingly enough, this week I went to a patch. I think I've been going through it for a season now. Uh, I think busyness has grabbed a hold of me before I even recognized it um, with the church and with the business and with kids. And it's like I don't have any <laughs> downtime. I feel like I'm Tony. It's like, how you doing? <laughs> busy, busy, busy. You know, it's like that's, I became that guy really quick. Uh, and what, what's happened to me is the journey that Derek's going through, I found myself stepping aside from that. And I found myself reverting back to a lot of the things I was before um, without even recognizing it. Um, and that all came to a head for me this week. Um, Tyler checked out on me at work on Thursday, which turned out to be a really good thing. No, I'm just kidding with you. Just joking. Yeah. <laughs> Holiday family things that were going on. So I had a day by myself, and what that did was it just felt like God got to reveal to me in that day. It's like, hey, the word for me became abide. Jesus says in John 15, He said, You can't do anything if you don't abide in me, but if you do abide in me, you're going to bear much fruit. And I'm like, Man, I'm just, I'm just not. The anxiety I'm feeling, the unrest I'm feeling, the discontentment I'm feeling, everything that I gained in the season that you're going through right now, everything that was just welling up in me like a a spring, it's like I've stepped aside from that and I've kind of lost it in this season. Um, But what's interesting, I don't say that as a discouragement, I say that as when when you meet 
and, and, and have that abiding relationship that Derek's talking about for the first time. And Derek, like he was saying, he's like, at one point I didn't even know what I was missing. But now that I'm, uh, I actually know God in an intimate, personal way, I can look back and say, wow, that was so drastically different 12 months ago. But now this is so drastically different in a, in a positive needle has moved. That doesn't mean that forever you're locked in. Jesus said, if you abide in me, if you remain. And I found this week that I had ceased to remain in this season. And a lot of the things that God is giving Derek out of the overflow of that relationship, I had actually laid down to go over here and to pick something else back up. Um, we don't have to earn what Derek's talking about, but we do have to remain in it. We have to abide and remain in Christ so that those things continue to well up through the Holy Spirit. It's not that you would do everything right, but you just stay, stay locked in with Christ and He will continue to, to have these things overflow in our lives. It is possible to set them aside and go take up the things of the world again and to, to sacrifice those things that God has given you in this season. The interesting thing is for me at this point, Ten years down the road from the journey you're in right now, I can recognize it. You may be in a season right now that you don't recognize what you're missing out on. Like Derek's talking about these things, you're like, I don't have those, but what I have is normal, right? I've never tasted and seen that stuff. But I'm in a place, I've tasted, I've seen, I've had, I've lived it. And I've, I've, I've held it dear for over a decade. And then when I set it aside and I lose it, I can recognize it now. And I'm like, wow, I'm missing something. I'm missing the peace. I'm missing the contentment. I'm missing the joy of the Spirit. No, I don't have that right now. You may be in a place that you've never felt it, recognized it, tasted it, and you don't know the difference. Hear what Derek's saying. Set aside the things that are keeping you from it and pursue God. Taste and see that the Lord is good, he says. Go after Him and let Him prove Himself to you. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you're like, you know what, I've tasted, I've seen, I know how good it is, but I've picked up the things of the world and I've sacrificed it all. Well, let's set those things down together and let's go pursue Him again. Let's declutter our lives and let's make room to abide in Christ. Let's turn off YouTube. Let's, let's turn off whatever we got to turn off and let's make room and space in our life that we might abide with Him. So that everything's talking about, Derek's talking about how to be restored in our lives. So what's your personal reflection as we shut down? It's like, where does what you've heard leave you today? What's your next move? What's your personal looking in the mirror? It's like, huh, this is where I'm at. This is anything? Mike was here, I'd call him so that his crickets would chirp on his phone. <laughs> Whether you want to identify that out loud, at least identify it, recognize it, move in faith. Right? Be encouraged by what Derek, God's done in Derek's life over the last season. We've been observers of it. Like Mark said, we've got to watch the needle move in your life, and it's a joy to watch. It's a joy to observe. Um, but I'm watching the needle move in a lot of your lives. And the interesting thing is, from the outside looking in, I can see it. From the inside looking out, you may not recognize it. 
But I can see it moving. I can see God positioning, changing many of our lives right now. Let's rejoice in it. We're going to use the next few weeks to celebrate it, to recognize it, and move ahead together as a family. Okay. Lance, will you pray for us? Yeah. Since you're the head of the family here, yeah. Actually, some up, you know, watching instead of watching just meme compilations on YouTube, I was watching some uh, preacher, and he uh, there's this thing that said uh, the preface was how to pray for other people, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I always want to pray for other people, and I don't know how to do it, and he uh, he mentioned this, and it's uh, in Corinthians first or first Colossians nine. Uh, I'm just going to read it. Okay, so for this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, so you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to, to the Father, who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. In Him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Just like praying for people. Uh, It's important to understand that. So just wanted to... Father, thank You for this church and bringing us together and help us to recognize how this environment you've created is for us and for our good.